Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the Tiger for Life podcast is Washita graduate Sarah Wheeler McDaniel from the class of 1998. After 10 years teaching elementary students, Sarah worked in educational sales and consulting and still works today with teachers around the country to be better educators. After feeling led to move home to Louisiana in 2014, Sarah set her sights on restoring a Louisiana cottage. Her journey and her beautiful home have been featured in magazines like Better Homes and Gardens, Southern Living, Cottages and Bungalows, and more. We know you'll love hearing from Sarah, and be sure to connect with her on her social media at Simply Southern Cottage on all platforms. All right, Sarah McDaniel, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Thank you so much for having me, John. Yes, I know you've been super busy, you know, working on uh, houses and projects. So thanks for taking time to visit today. Of course, it is an absolute pleasure. Well, I know that you uh, were an education major at Washita and you uh, went through elementary education, right? Was your goal? That's correct. Yep, that's Um, correct. And you've taught elementary school, right? I have. I taught third grade and fourth grade. And then I was a district level instructional technology director and then assistant principal. So 10 years all said in the public school arena. Awesome. And tell me about your, your journey there, what it was like being an educator. And then I know you kind of transitioned into educational, like sales and consulting. Tell us about that journey in education for you. Yeah. So literally my whole entire life, I wanted to be a teacher. Like I remember you know, staying at my grandmother's house and in her bedroom, she literally let me set up an entire classroom. No lot. Like I had a chalkboard, like my parents bought me like a real grade book when I was around like third grade. And so for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a teacher. And so obviously I came to Washita and then got my degree in elementary education and you know, at the time, just thought that I would stay in public schools forever, but the Lord had different plans for me, obviously. But ultimately, my education background got me to where I am today. Yeah. And are you still doing your uh, consulting and that sort of thing? Or still I am. So not as much of that. And just to give you a little more background. So I was in public schools for 10 years. And then I had an opportunity fall in my lap to become an educational sales rep. And so I did that for 11 years. And then in December of 2018, I quote unquote, like retired from sales and just went straight freelance. And, you know, all this stuff was happening with the house and real estate investing. And I could not continue to keep all of that like juggling. But the company that I was selling for graciously allowed me to stay on as a freelancer. And so for the last couple of years, I've been traveling the nation and in a nutshell, like helping teachers be better teachers. But coronavirus (laughs) threw a wrench in that. And so I was already starting to think earlier this year, again, back to that same thing, like I cannot keep juggling everything I'm juggling. So already starting to think about how I could let some of that go. And it just happened naturally because of coronavirus. So I am still doing it. I've been doing some things via Zoom since March. And I've actually got some trips booked for early 2021. But it's not going to be like as prominent in my life as it was prior to coronavirus. Right. So your restoration work, you see that kind of becoming your full-time thing. 
more it is yeah doing houses and social media it is truly a full-time job like juggling all of that and so I've got you know basically three main sources of income and you know real estate investing social media and then educational consulting so just trying to juggle all three of those yeah it seems like a lot to kind of keep up with you know time you're spending it on is each <laughs> does it ever get overwhelming Yes, I'm overwhelmed as we speak. <laughs> I've currently said yes to too many things. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, like if I just can get through like the end of the year, I'm going to definitely like reevaluate what I'm saying yes to starting in 2021 because it is a lot. It really is. Yeah, it's tough. You want to say yes and want to take opportunities and when doors open, but that's right. And take care of yourself too. That's right. That's right. Definitely understand that. Uh, you know, for those out there who haven't been following your journey and your um, work with your Assembly Southern Cottage there in Louisiana, um, tell us how you found the house, that original house, I guess, which you live in, correct? Correct. That's yeah. Correct. Tell me about that house and the process it took, you know, to get that house and to restore it. I know it's quite a journey, but kind of give us a nutshell of that process. That'd be great. Yeah. So it's a long story, so I'll make it short and <laughs> you have permission to interrupt me at any time and ask questions. But um, I was living in Corpus Christi at the time, and in February of 2014, I was visiting some customers in Laredo, Texas, and we just had the best time, and I walked out of that meeting just thinking, like, I want to do this job forever. Like, I'm so happy. Everything's right in the world, and literally, John, I got in my car, and I audibly heard the Lord tell me to move home to Louisiana. And I was like, nope, like I am super happy in Texas. You know, um, I love my job. I just had this amazing meeting. I'm not moving home to Louisiana, but he would not let it go. And so, you know, over the course of the next three or four months, I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, okay, fine. Like if you want me to move to Louisiana, I want an old house and I need to live close to my parents. I want to live by an airport. I want walkable amenities and I want a safe community. And it's like, there's no way you're going to do all of those things and make this happen. But interestingly enough, he did. And here we are. Um, so fast forward to December, 2014, I was trying to decide where am I going to live? Like, what does this look like? And I drove by this broken down cottage in Minden, Louisiana, when I was back in town for the holidays to visit my family. And all I know to tell you is that I knew that I knew that I knew in my bones that this house would be mine and I should be mine. And I had no idea the journey that was in front of me. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, Emily had the same kind of thing. Emily drove by this house that we were able to get into and somebody was living there and you know, said it was available. All of a sudden it wasn't available. wasn't the right time for us. And then we were kind of just like, it's not going to happen. And right. they called and said, Hey, uh, our offer kind of fell through and would you want to do this? You know? So now we're in this hundred year old house. So oh, I love have, it. Have God provides that way for sure. Like we're yes. loving it two blocks from campus in this old oh, home. So how perfect. Yeah, it up here. You have to come by me, I will. I will. It took me 22 months to get this house. So it same, it was not for sale. And I had to look up and see who owned it and sent them a letter, sent them an email. And they just were like, it's not for sale. But if you'll stay in touch with this, if we ever sell it, 
you know, will think of you or whatever. And so I did. I stayed in touch with them for about 22 months and just kind of it was like a romance, just like wooing and pursuing them. And finally, September of 2016, I closed on it. That's amazing. Yeah. I'll, you know, link to your blog and, and share everybody some of the pictures, but that before okay. and after picture is pretty amazing, like overgrown and, you know, just wild that you can see the, uh, the end story in that, you know, with it all overgrown and get that done. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I get asked all the time, like, weren't you scared to do it? And I mean, I wasn't, I could just see the after in my head and I just knew the beauty that was hiding behind all of that, you know, brush and overgrowth. And it just truly was like a flawless restoration. I planned all fall 2016 and, you know, got my team in place, worked on the budget and it just went smooth. And so it took about a year and I moved in October of 2017. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a, just a beautiful spot. That family that you talked to about getting the property and I read in, in your you know blog, kind of the back and forth and the weeks of no response and all of this, have any of them been able to come and see the finished product? Yes. As a matter of fact, just this past Christmas, um, it's really kind of sad that the lady that I bought the house from was like incapacitated and she wasn't able to make decisions. And so um, I worked with her son all throughout these 22 months. And so I saw, I can't remember if it was on Facebook or where, but I saw that last Christmas, like she passed away sadly. And so I immediately reached out to the son that I worked with. And I said, if you are in town, like, please come by. And so finally, last December, um, he was able to come by and just was absolutely floored. He just could not believe I was able to do what I did to this house. I love that. What were some of your favorite parts of working on the house? Were there certain rooms or projects or things that you enjoyed the most in the process? Gosh, John, um, you know, I hate to say this, but really just the entire process. It just was so life-giving to see this old broken down house that was rotted and falling down just just to watch the entire process unfold just gave me so much life and that's why today I'm continuing to do this work because it just makes me so happy and just it just gives me so much life yeah I think Emily would love to do that too after the first one she's like let's move on to the next and I was like this really felt like a dream home let's stay here yes that, you know, down the road, but, um, it's addicting about, for sure. Yeah. Tell me about the team that you assembled what, you know, who helped you kind of accomplish this goal there. Yeah. So interestingly enough, my neighbor just right down the street, Rachel had just completed their renovation of their home, which is over a hundred years old. And so I just talked to her and she told me all of her people and she said they were amazing. And I just went with it. Like I know traditionally when you do a house, like you should get three quotes, right. And then, you know, go with the lowest bidder or whatever, but I didn't even do that. I just trusted her opinion so much that um, I just used all of her same people and it worked out great. And they're still my team in place that I'm using today on my other houses. What kind of things do you change up in the house? I mean, I, I see all of these great pictures of it for each season. Do you change out like uh, furniture and furnishings or is it more decor uh, how do you keep things fresh in the house there? Oh, that is the hardest part for me. So just a little behind the scenes, like, like it is relatively easy for me to quote unquote, like flip a house. 
but the decor part is so hard. Um, I've got some things I'm working on today for Christmas collaborations that are due Friday and it is just, it is so hard. So I don't change out my furniture or I haven't yet, but it's changing out like all of the seasonal decor and you, for me, like I'm an Enneagram three, like I'm very type A. So I feel like, like I always have to do outdo last Christmas or outdo last fall. And last Christmas was so amazing. I know we'll probably talk about the cottages and bungalows shoot in a minute. Um, and so I'm already like panicking, like I cannot talk last Christmas, you know? So it's mostly just changing out things seasonally for, you know, the decor and social media and for collaborations. Yeah, I saw that you have people over to your house for, you know, photo shoots and all kinds of things. You know, what have been some of the most interesting things folks have wanted to use your property for? Oh, you know, um, really nothing, quote unquote, interesting, but it's always used for photo shoots. I mean, many, many times a month, I have local photographers that you know, use my porches because they're always seasonally styled. So they're taking like family portraits or, you know, I've had people use it for like prom pictures or homecoming pictures. But most recently I did a project that was very new to me and a company out of Alabama called Redland Cotton actually used it for a styled catalog shoot. And so I've had magazine shoots and all of that, but this was the first time like they shipped in product. They sent in um, a professional photographer, a stylist, and used my home to shoot product for their upcoming catalog. Wow. That's fun. When does the catalog come out? Have you seen it yet? No, I'm not sure. So, you know, some of the pictures were seasonal, so they Mm -hmm. had like pumpkins and things like that in it. And then we took some that weren't. So it's a process. Like, I don't think it will be maybe not even till spring because all the pictures have to be edited and they have to lay everything out. So I don't know a date, but spring or summer, if I had to guess. Yeah. That'll be fun to get that and see. Yes. All those for, pictures, sure. for sure. Um, you know, we keep seeing your cottage show up on these beautiful magazine covers and, you know, Chris Babb kept sending me, you have got to talk to Sarah. Look at these. Oh, Chris. I mean, oh, Chris. he kept telling me, I was like, you know, super busy trying to get that tunes rewind thing, you know, out and get it done. And finally I was like, this is amazing. These pictures are awesome. And then just saw your Christmas cover there on cottages and bungalows. And uh, how did that come to be? Is that something that they contacted you about, you know, using your home and your styling? What has that been like? Yeah. So it's so interesting. And again, it just, I just think it all goes back to God and just redemption and favor and mercy. So I did not make any of this happen. None of it. Like all I have done is, put pictures on Instagram and, you know, worked my social media and worked my blog. And I don't remember, um, I guess after about the first six or eight months, like all these magazines started sharing my pictures on their feeds, like Southern Living and Better Homes and Gardens and, you know, uh, Cottages and Bungalows, uh, The Cottage Journal, House Beautiful, like all these magazines. And it just was like, I'm just me. Like, I'm not a decorator. I'm not an interior designer. I just made this house, you know, how I wanted it to be when I lived in it. But um, as far as like the published, like pieces, like magazines just reached out to me and, you know, just told me how much they loved my home and my story. And, you know, I've been in a lot now and I still just, I cannot believe it. I can't believe it. 
Yeah, it's got to be just surreal to keep, you know, I see people sharing those with you, those pictures. And and it seems like it's just such a blessing to you to see all those. I just think it's so fun. It is. And every time it happens, I'm just like me, like what? I just, I don't know. It's it's a whole nother world that I never saw this coming. I'm having to navigate these waters, but I've got a lot of good people around me that are helping me, but it's just been really interesting to watch it all unfold. I love that. Um, I know you've been restoring some other houses kind of down the street. Um, How many other cottages have you been working on and what's that been like? What other projects have you been brought into? Yeah. So my house was not the first house I restored. So a lot of people think, Oh, you know, that was, that was your first house, but it actually wasn't. So I think my house was like number nine or number 10. And so I've done not a whole lot, like maybe like 15 or whatever. And so Mm Um, I just have been doing two the last year. And so one of them is a long-term rental that I'm keeping and I kind of labeled it the treehouse cottage. Okay. And then the one that I'm working on right now is what I've labeled the cottage on fort. And it's a house built in the forties. It's again, right down the street from me. It's so adorable. And that is like, quote unquote, like my first flip that will be for sale. And so um, I have owned it about a year and it's been, it's been a lot of fun and I've loved it, but it's also been like equally frustrating because like by this point in my personal renovation, like I was already living in my house and this one is just dragging on and dragging on. And it's, it's nobody's fault. It's just coronavirus happened and then lack of supplies. And now all my guys are backed up because of coronavirus and um, hopefully it'll be for sale January or February, we'll see, but it is going to be so adorable and I'm going to have a hard time letting it go. <laughs> yeah, just the front of it. I don't know what it was. The windows just look really beautiful to me. Yes, I this kept the dark all the frames. original windows. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, those are really pretty. Yeah, our windows are original to the house, super drafty. You know, yep. we don't want to change the look of it, but we're looking at ways to, to kind of freshen those up. But I love yep. the dark framing was so pretty. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I think what struck me the most, you know, I found your social media and looked through your story. Um, what I loved the most about your story was the strong role your faith played. You know, you're sharing about getting the house and how it was from the Lord. And here's all the ways that he confirmed that to you. Right. And that just really struck me. And I just wanted to ask kind of how your faith is connected to your restoration work and how you've kind of seen God, you know, woven through that process. Yeah. Yeah. So just backing up to around 2009. And so I had been married at that point, uh, 12 years And some extremely unfortunate things happened. Um, And I fought for my marriage for about two and a half years. And ultimately, it did not work. And so I got divorced in 2011. And at the time, I just thought like this, my life is over. I will never be happy again. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. But at the same time, I was so adamant that my story would not be lived in vain and just really made some purposeful, intentional decisions to move past that and get out of that rut and just like poured into my sales job at that time and got super involved with my community and church there in Corpus Christi. And so then, you know, I heard the call from the Lord to move home. And so I just thought, you know, this house, like I can weave in the restoration story of my life with the restoration of the house. And so That is truly how, like when I started my social accounts and my blog, that was truly my intention. And 
you know, when I did all that, I didn't know that, you know, four years later, I would still be doing Instagram every day. Like I just thought I'm going to start this account and, you know, my sister will click like, and my mom will click like, but the Lord has just opened up so many other doors and avenues to share about his goodness and his grace, mercy, and redemption. And, you know, that's just what I do almost every single day when I'm online is just share joy and hope. And just if you've been in this horrible situation, whether it's a divorce or health or financial, like whatever thing that has happened to you, like all of these wonderful things can come out of it. And so that's why I show up online every single day. I love that. Yeah. You know, I lost my mom as a young kid when I was 12 Mm, and you know, I really felt like I was at a point where I could either let it destroy me or define me or I could move forward and, and make a difference and use what I do to help others. And so I could see that in your, in your post that that was something, you know, you were saying, you know, this is going to be kind of a a step forward for me and, and working on these houses. And I love that. And yeah, just really encouraged by how positive you are and the message you have for Christ there. I think, you know, working at Washita, you just get used to everyone around you as a believer. Right. You know, there's, I don't need to share necessarily about my faith because everybody I see all day, you know, has that same background, but right. uh, seeing that in your post was just super encouraging and kind of a reminder, like, you know, we can use our platforms to really lift up the name of Christ. So I was very uh, appreciative of that and the way you're yeah, doing it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I know you're working on that, the cottage on fourth. Is that what it was called there? Cottage on fourth. Yes. On fourth. Uh-huh. Yeah, on fourth. Um, what are some other projects you're working on that you might want to share with your Washtenaw family or the things that are in the works? Yeah. So I've dropped some pretty strong hints online and like, I haven't made an official announcement, but I am working on a book. Um, oh. Don't have a, you know, a hard and fast ETA. So right now I'm planning on self-publishing it for a variety of reasons. And so my goal was to have it out like before the election this fall, but here we are. And like, I'm not even finished with it. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get it finished during quarantine. I can't travel. I'm going to get it finished. Well, that is not what happened. I got super busy with houses and social media and all that. So I don't know, maybe next fall ish, we'll just kind of see. I think that's probably the next big thing. And then I fully intend to keep doing houses. Um, you know, I don't have one in the works right now. I just need to get finished with the one that I'm working on. And then, you know, I'll get another one after that, but those are, you know, nothing major, major other than those. I've got some other little, little things in the works that I probably can't share yet, but, um, you know, my, my people online know, like I always have things up my sleeve. Always. I'm just always like, pushing, 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 hustling, moving forward. But those are two things that, you know, I can share at this point. That's awesome. Well, I know you keep people updated on social. So yes, if folks want to connect with you either, you know, personally or about your work or about working with you, how can they connect with you? Yeah. So I am a Simply Southern Cottage across all platforms. And then my blog is simplysoutherncottage.com. Okay. Yeah. We'll share that with folks and I'll link that. Um, you know, I feel fancy with my podcast to have like show notes, you know, I feel yes. like legit. Um, but yeah, we have a website that we link all those things to. So we'll awesome. put all that out there for them as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Excited to see all the things that, that come from this for sure. Yeah. I was looking at all of uh, the Washtenaw folks that follow you and was excited. Like I could see Sarah Harmeyer with neighbors. Yes, I love her. 
I was like, I could see some great collaborations, you know, in the future here with all this. Yes, guys. love. I actually, I haven't seen her in a couple of years, but she and I found ourselves in uh, Portland, Oregon at the World Domination Summit probably about four or five years ago and just got to connect with her then. So love her. Love Sarah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we have a neighbor's table in the middle of campus. and Oh, nice. Yeah, Washtenaw has been buying up a lot of property around campus just to try to save room for some growth and some new opportunities. And I was thinking, I wonder if we got a little cottage around here. We might need to, you know, bring you in there to flip Call me, call me. (laughs) On the lookout for the cottage nearby. Yes, yes. Definitely not. Switching gears a little bit, wanted to talk to you about your Washtenaw story. Sure. How did you hear about Washtenaw? What made you choose Washtenaw for school? Yeah, that is so interesting. So my sister is five years older than me. And I just remember like when she was getting ready to think about going to college, like Washita was on her radar and was one of the things or one of the colleges that she considered. So unfortunately she went to CBC, so we won't hold that against her. <laughs> but um, that is how Washita like even came into my vocabulary was just through her, you know, desire to pursue it and see what would happen. Did you have any Washtenaw connections in your like family or church or anything that you knew of? No, nope. And so I think in 10th grade, my parents took me up for my first visit. Okay. And so there was nobody else from my hometown. In fact, I went there and I did not know a soul. And so it was like super scary and risky, but obviously was the right decision. But it was a total God thing. You know, I just, I went there in 10th grade for the visit, fell in love with it and never looked back. What did you enjoy most about your time at Washtenaw? Gosh, I knew that is such a hard question. And I, you know, when I think about that, um, I wish that I could give you like, like one specific concrete answer, but I just can't. All I can tell you is that I can trace back to who I am today, to my days at Washita, you know, just the entire experience, like shaping me as a person, shaping my career, which has led me to where I am today. And I've told so many people, like, if you ask me, I would send everybody to Washita. It just rounded me out as a person. And I just, I love it so, so much. Were there certain things you learned at Washtenaw that you feel helped prepare you for, you know, your life and career, anything that kind of sticks with you, you use every day or think about? Yeah. So that's an interesting question. And I'm going to answer this in a way that probably you're not expecting, but um, you know what I remember? So going through, you know, the education program and the, I, I don't know if the test is still the same, but the test you have to take to like get your license or whatever at that time was the praxis. I yeah, assume it still, still is. I don't know. Okay. So, you know what I remember? I remember being so well prepared for the praxis and I remember performing well on that test and like knowing not all the answers to every question, but like being so prepared based on the work that my professors had done with me, you know, in the years prior to taking that test. So that is one thing that really stuck in my mind is that I felt like that the education program like fully prepared me to be a teacher. Absolutely. Definitely. What about now when you're, you know, work with these houses or something that you feel like your well-rounded Washtenaw education has kind of carried, you know, you kind of carried that with you into this work? I do. And again, just tracing the Lord's hand to where I am today, the people that I've connected with, you know, the people that have helped me out along the way, it all stems back to education. Absolutely. You know, I was a 
um, a classroom teacher and then met somebody else who introduced me to somebody else who got me into sales that, you know, provided the finances that I needed to do all these houses. And so, you know, it's just, it's just one ripple effect after another that I firmly believe started at Washita. I love that. It's a great place. I love that you want to folks there. It's definitely uh, just a great spot. And we have this segment on the podcast called Fast Fave Fives, just five okay. questions about your time at Washita. Uh, and they don't have to be super fast, you know, not in a hurry. Okay. You've got to go work with contractors. But okay. uh, uh, favorite professor, is there somebody that sticks out in your mind? Dr. Westmoreland, Dr. Jenna Westmoreland. Oh my gosh, love her so much. And I actually got to see her in Birmingham, I think it was back in August. And so I was there and we connected and went to lunch and I got to see, you know, the president's home there that she lives in now, but just, and I just told her then, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can, again, like I just told you, I can trace the Lord's hand in you being in my life. And so she absolutely comes to mind as somebody that, um, just helped me get to where I am today. Yeah. They're just the sweetest people. You know, they actually lived in the house that we bought this hundred year old house. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they moved to the president's home uh, right. here, you know, on campus or close by campus. And then Brian McKinney bought it from them. So okay. Yeah. The Warsaw family. And then uh, Riley came and judged Tiger tunes a couple of years ago and came and toured all the things we had done. And oh, her, nice. her name's still carved in the sidewalk in front of our house. Oh my gosh. I love yeah. that. That was really she sweet. should still be a baby. She's at 30 now, you know, <laughs> I know she's all grown up. Yeah. We're old. Judge <laughs> tunes, you know, and be here. That was really fun. I love it. Uh, favorite class? Was there something in one of your favorite courses? Uh, can I choose three? Sure. Okay. So, and I have to say now, I don't think at the time when I was there, these were my favorite, but looking back, they are. I don't know why I was just thinking about that, but I loved Danny Hayes and Old Testament. And just, you know, he helped my understanding of the Bible so much and he just made it come to life. You know, we're, some people may think like the Old Testament is complicated and there's too much to understand. Like I just appreciate the way that he taught it and it helped me like understand it better. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the name of the classes that Doug Reed taught. Is he still there? Yeah, he's still there. Okay. So it was like just all about like world cultures and like world appreciation. I don't remember the name of the class, but um and that helps me understand like the events that are happening in our world today and how, you know, they're relevant and applicable. And then my third is uh, Johnny Wink, English yeah. honors class. So love him so much. He just was so much fun and just a delightful human. So isn't he great? Yeah. I, you know, everybody's having to change things up with COVID stuff and I, I don't know what they were talking about, but he had students outside on the lawn learning and, you know, it's just been neat to see how the different professors have thrived in this yes. creative time. So that's, that's yes. Yes. Yeah, when you come visit, Danny lives next door to us. So, okay. Okay. I'd <laughs> love to see him. About, what if in the middle of the night we have a theological question, we just have to go knock. That's on. right. Just come on over. Yes. They're super sweet. Uh, do you have a favorite spot on campus? One of your favorite places? You know, I just think, again, it's hard to pick one, but um, I just remember like Washita in the fall. And, you know, as we're recording this, it's early November and I'm sure the campus is amazing right now. And I just, I just remember like the, I don't know what it's officially called, but like the, the courtyard in the middle of the campus that's between all the main buildings, you yeah. know, just 
going out there and having lunch or reading or doing homework or just taking a break between classes in the fall season. Um, it just, Oh, I just need to come up there and see it because I just remember appreciating that courtyard space so much. Yeah, it's definitely beautiful right now. You know, it's not gotten to the the super cold, which these students probably won't even see because they're going home at Thanksgiving and not coming back till. Oh, interesting. Yeah. With okay. So, uh, but yeah, when the leaves are falling, you know, we have those ginkgo trees on campus too. That yes. Just bright yellow. So yeah, it's, it's super beautiful right now for sure. Love it. Did you have a favorite spot in Arkadelphia? You know, other than campus, was there a spot you loved in town? Can I pick like just outside of Arkadelphia and pick the gray? Yeah. Okay. That, you know, that was so fun for me because, you know, as a small child, like my parents always took me to DeGray. It was, you know, about two and a half hours from our home. So it was, you know, always a fun getaway. And then to be able to just go there, you know, after class or on Saturday or whatever, anytime I wanted just really was fun and amazing. So if I had to pick one, I would pick DeGray. Agreed. Yeah. It was really like an easy thing to want to skip class with degree. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) And I would have friends that would do it and I'd be like, I want to go with you. But I was like the good girl and so afraid, like I get in trouble, you know? So I don't remember skipping class, but I know I always wanted to. Oh, I I would call Emily and say, Hey, skip band. We need to go. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Did you have a favorite Washtenaw memory, like one of your favorite moments on campus, you know, something that you were involved in or an activity? That is a hard one also, John, because there there were just so many. Um, again, I, I, it's, it's so hard just to pinpoint one, but, but looking back, I have to say that it's the friendships that I made. Um, some of my best friends today are, you know, my call co- or my colleagues, my fellow alumni from Washita and just made some some extremely deep connections when I was there that are you know carrying on with me today and so I know that's not like an event or anything like that but that is probably one of the things that I hold most dear about my time at Washita. I love that now this wasn't on the list but I know you were in a social club did you do Tiger Tunes while you were here? You know, I didn't. Did you not? Did you? So, okay, let me tell you, let me tell you why I didn't. Um, this is super random, but um, actually, I don't know if Washington wants me to say this, but I actually finished in three years. Okay. And so I was like crazy busy. I had this crazy course load and I also had three jobs. Oh my and God. so I know, so there was no way that I could do Tiger Tunes. And so I just had to pay the fine to Ty Delta and not do it. So I just was too busy. I was too busy. I just couldn't do it. But I love Tiger Tunes. I just didn't have time to do it. That is crazy. Three jobs, three years, got student teaching in there somehow. Yes. Yes. Was, it was, was there any Enneagram three coming out? You were just powering through. <laughs> and you know what? I'm the same today and everything that I do, it's ridiculous. And I'm always tired. And that's precisely why. So I love it. We've been loving Enneagram stuff. Like I'm hundred percent type seven, you know, okay. I cannot, you know, find any way around it. And, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic and I'm like trying to find something to put on my countdown, you know, countdown to anything. I don't care. Yes. You know, got to find a vacation or something to live for. That's but, right. I get it. So fun. Well, it's been so good catching up. I know you've got tons to do there with all your projects, but anything else you want to share with your Washtenaw family today? I mean, just like I said earlier, 
if you are considering it for your children or if you have friends or family that are considering it, like don't think twice. I would send everybody that I know to Washita if I was asked and if I could. That's awesome. Well, hey, keep us posted on social media. I know that I'm watching every picture thinking, how am I going to do that for Christmas? Because it's so pretty. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I don't even know. So uh, I know I, I saw that, that Christmas cover and I thought, how early did you have to do that? But that was last year, right? You know, let me tell you a quick story about that. That's really interesting. So this was prior to coronavirus. This was, uh, you know, fall of 2019. And I was traveling like crazy. And they were coming to shoot December like 1st and 2nd. And I literally was traveling up until like Thanksgiving Day. And so I had a friend of mine, Wendy Conklin. She's Chair Whimsy Online. She came up from Austin and my mom got here and like we did all of that over the course of like three days. We were exhausted just because I was traveling. I didn't have time. So we threw it together and it looks pretty, pretty amazing if I do say. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's funny to think of how long that, you know, process takes to get all that together for something a year from now or the book. It does. It does. But we made it happen. So Fun. Right before we sign off, tell me about the book, what it's going to be about, like kind of the, the scope of that. What are you sharing in there? And then yeah. as it comes out, we want to tell everybody to go to go get it. But Absolutely. So it is a memoir. And mm-hmm. so it's basically going to walk people through my season of divorce to where I am today or wherever I am when the book gets finished. But just talking about um, tangible ways that you can overcome trial to have the life of your dreams. So that's it in a nutshell. So. Yeah. Will it, will it kind of chronicle the house stuff to you or kind of be solely memoir? It just- is. And so I don't want to give like too much away yeah. about that, but it, um, I'm working with an amazing editor. She is just incredible. And so the house is going to be a huge part of the story. So yes. All right. Well, we can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, thanks again for visiting. We love all of the stuff that you're doing and are so excited about it and excited about uh, your journey and for letting us be a part of it. So thank you, John, for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.